Welcome in everybody to Double Fries No Slaw Thursday Night Preview Edition Notre Dame Week. As always, TJ Pittenger alongside Richie Barnes and Freddie Stevenson. How are you gentlemen doing tonight? How you doing, Rich man? I'll, I'll be doing. Uh, I'm doing good right now. I'll be doing better in about what four hours when when my Bucks move to four and one. Let's go. Yeah, man. Um, my boy, he gave me a hundred dollars free play. I guess he's feeling bad for me having one in two weeks. So I'm, I'm gonna use that tonight and see what it, see what it does for me. So we'll see how I'm feeling at the end of the night. There you go, man. What a uh, we were talking about this off air and then I guess a little bit on air because of the platform we're using tonight. But what a crazy couple of weeks of sports, and it's all kind of culminating as far as the non football sports here quickly, where like the Stanley Cup was happening, the NBA finals are going on right now, and then like the MLB playoffs are going on all at once. And it's pretty cool, uh, to see all at once. It's also cool when your teams are doing well in, in those respective sports. So, um, and then like you said, the Rays tonight, Bucks tonight, uh, Lakers tomorrow, Knowles. On Saturday, NFL on Sunday. Like it's, I mean, it's like a great five days in a row. <laughs> Monday's gonna get care. here. And I'm... Y'all don't care too much, but I get two Masters tournaments in like a five month window as well. So we, we paid our debt, and now we're collecting our uh, our returns. Bro, I'm gonna watch the Masters. What's going on here, man? <laughs> Especially if my guys in it, or either one of my guys, Brooks or Tiger. So let's roll. Yeah. Um. All right, well, let's get going. Double Fries No Slaw brought to you by, you can see it scrolling across the uh, bottom of the screen. Double Fries No Slaw brought to you by Guthrie's in Tallahassee, 2550 North Monroe and 1818 West Tennessee Street. Tell them that Double Fries No Slaw sent you. Take a picture of your order and send it to us, as well as take a picture of them, uh, uh, this our sticker on their um, on their drive-thru window um, and tweet that at us once you get done driving or while you're sitting there waiting on your gut box that does not have coleslaw. So uh, speaking of that, Jeremy's in the chat asking uh, or telling Freddie to enjoy that cheat day. So is that tomorrow or is that Saturday? What is the cheat day? Today is Thursday. Um, the, I'm going to save it for Saturday. Yeah, I'm going to save it for Saturday. I, I said I was going to do it tomorrow. I'm going to do it Saturday. I don't blame you on that. So uh, let's get rolling. We're going to – what are we getting into first here, Richie? Are we doing predictions like right off the bat, over-unders? No, we'll, we'll, We'll do our, uh, our pickups pick first. Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. So I am going to add our winner from last week, Chris Rochester, to the chat. <laughs> Won the pick'em. Uh, do you know what the uh, – how many did he get right? Yeah, so uh, I'll, I'll recap last week real quick to include um, uh, Chris and then the three of us. Um, so Chris got four out of five right, um, as did I. Freddie got three and TJ got three, excuse me. So let's see, South Carolina, I took the Gamecocks. Um, that's the only game that our, our guest Roch here lost. I got South Carolina right. Freddie got it. TJ got that one wrong. We go to Pitt and NC State. And again, Roch got the all the next ones right. I got this one right. Um, Freddie, you got this one wrong. You took Pitt. Uh, TJ got it right. Bama, I think we all took Bama. No, I, I took Jimbo. Jimbo burned me, man. You, you all were smart enough to take Bama. Uh, I was holding on to my 2013 feelings, thinking Jimbo was going to be ready, and he wasn't. And then uh, me and Freddie and Roch all got Jacksonville State. TJ ridiculed me and Freddie for picking Jacksonville State to cover, and they did. Um, and then at Georgia, TJ, you got that right over Auburn. Freddie took Auburn. Um, I, me and Chris both took Georgia. So a 
pretty good week collectively. Um, a lot of good good games. So uh, we'll see. Uh, we're picking more games this week, uh, and uh, we'll see. It, it should be a uh, it'll be an interesting week because we got some tough lines this week, guys. How I got a couple questions to follow up here. One is how many did Ed get right? Because he was actually the guest picker last week. So you don't have to go through all his picks, but like how how did he yeah. do? So Ed last week he only got two out of five, so he he got okay. burned a little bit he, here. He uh, he melted under pressure. So Chris, yeah. you need to do better than him <laughs> since you're doing it live on the air. Um, and then Harlan actually won, but yeah. he works for us, so um, we couldn't let him on here to to actually win. So sorry, Harlan. Um, but even though I think Harlan is a Patreon, so but we give it to Patreons that do not work for us. He canceled so this Chris, month. No, he can't. Chris had no, he canceled this month. He's out. Chris had the highest score of any Patreon. I'm um, just so I can beat Richie. That's the that's it. Very good. That's yeah. So that's the so reason we and Freddie are on the show. Chris is actually one of my best friends. And we lived together in college. Um, I was in his wedding. He was in my wedding. We went together to that debacle in Notre Dame two years ago. So I'm I'm happy to to take your five dollars every month, Chris. But happy to welcome you on the show as well. Yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate you having me. And uh, you know, I had to throw up my heat gear in the back just to mess with uh, TJ a little bit, even though. I'm <laughs> You know, <laughs> we'll make it uh, um, dude, I'll even make you like the biggest screen look so everybody can see that you can enjoy it for about another 28 hours and then you can retire that until December. Um, so, OK, before we get into predictions, I, I, not being a homer. Like, do you think you, do you think the Lakers win tomorrow night? Like, what do you think happens? I think because you opted to accelerate wearing the Mamba jersey that you've now jinxed yourself and that you're not going to win. So I, I'm, I'm taking the heat. I, I think we're going to fight hard tomorrow night. I think, um, you know, Bam being back for the second game is going to bode well for us. We'll see if Dragic plays. Who, you know, he probably isn't. But I don't know, man. We're not going to go down without a fight. I said from the beginning is it was likely Lakers in, in six, but you know, I'm always going to back my team. So uh, I, you know, I guess I'll stick with the six, but yeah, not going to happen tomorrow night. You jinx yourself. Gotcha. We'll hold you to that prediction. And, um, but then, you know, after, if you guys win tomorrow, then the series series shifts back to Miami's digital court. And so that could be a huge <laughs> advantage. Maybe they'll force a game seven back in LA. So uh, we'll see. But, yeah, I've got us winning in the Mamba jerseys. I think it'll be close. I think it'll be a fight like last time, and then I think LA's defense will take over in the fourth again. Um, you know, it was weird that Jimmy deferred so much um, in that game. But, yeah. anyway, we're uh, maybe he was tired, and we're getting off subject here. So, Richie, all right, let's break us down. We can put a side bet on this when you get off here. So, <laughs> All right, man. So we, we actually have seven games this week. Um, hopefully you guys have already logged them in. Uh, I have. So we're going to start with a noon kick in the ACC on ABC. North Carolina is giving away five and a half points to Virginia Tech. Let's uh, let's start with our winner, Chris. Who, who wins that game, or what's the who beats the spread there? I got I got UNC, um, and the only reason is Sam Howell. <laughs> yeah, that's a good reason. <laughs> yeah, I'll take UNC on that one. I'm trying to look at my picks because I I feel like every week I pick the, I say the wrong thing on here, and then you know I'm like uh, oh, I didn't pick that. Yeah, oh, I took UNC. Okay. I took okay. UNC. All right, so nobody's going to gain anything here because I have North Carolina as well. We now go to. I'd like to say. I'd like to say I think UNC is incredibly overrated. They're not the eighth best team in the country, but Virginia Tech sucks. So yeah. I'd like to just clarify that. Um, I'm not picking UNC because I think they're good. I just think Virginia Tech's worse. So I feel you. Um, the next one too. Uh, 
fairly disappointing starts to the season. Texas and Oklahoma. Oklahoma's giving two and a half points to Texas. Oklahoma, two straight losses. Their backs are against the wall. Do they bounce back? I don't think so. I think I'm going to take Texas. I'm going to take the two and a half points, but I think they win this game outright. What about you, Freddie? I think on Texas wins this one. Oklahoma has an impression. I think Texas bounced the bet this week. TJ? Uh, I like Oklahoma to, to win All and right. cover. All right, Roch? I, I thought this was an easy pick. I think Texas wins outright. You're giving me points? Come on. There we go. The the next one, uh, the the game that TJ is most excited for this weekend, Liberty and Louisiana Monroe, 0-4 Monroe versus 3-0 Liberty, and Liberty's giving 19.5 points. TJ, in honor of you, man, that's a lot of points, I, but I have to go with Liberty here. What are you doing with your alma mater here? Um. I believe Liberty is one and two against the spread. And so they've won, but haven't covered the spread very well. Um, and Louisiana Monroe has a lot to play for, right? Like going on the road, Lynchburg is not like a terribly threatening environment. Louisiana Monroe played Florida State really close last year, obviously. Um, but I'm not. Um, That's an ass. But, but I'm not a sissy. Give me Liberty to cover. <laughs> Freddie Rock. I, like, I feel like Lee Corso there. Going the road, I, um, I saw ULM play against Utah a few weeks ago, and they could not find a way to stop the run at all. They completely ran the ball down the throat the whole game. They could have beat them eight to zero if they wanted to. So I'm taking liberty. Yeah. Where you at, Chris? Yeah, I'm doing the same. I I wrote down Louisiana Monroe equals bad, and that's all you have. <laughs> all right, man. So we have. Another noon kick. So all these games are at noon. So a, a lot of action for us if we actually decide to bet these games. Um, these games are all at noon because nobody respects any of these teams. For the I record. agree. So especially but, this one coming up. I mean, it, you just imagine playing all noon kickoffs. My team hasn't played noon one time. So all right, go ahead. No. So this is this game will be very near and dear to Florida State fans' hearts, man. We got Jimbo Fisher and the twenty-first ranked Aggies hosting the Florida Gators. The Gators are giving six and a half points in this one. Is that enough? It seems low. Freddie, what do you think? Yeah, I think um, Florida finally catches up with Jimbo and gets them. I think they win by um, double digits in this game. And it's it's worth noting that Jimbo Fisher was 4-0 and against Florida with Freddie Stevenson as as his fullback. So, so keep that in mind. Uh, they don't have Freddie Stevenson. Florida's going to roll, man. Six and a half is not enough points. What about you, Chris? Yeah, I'm the same way. Six and a half is not enough. And, you know, I, I don't want to bag on Jimbo too hard. But uh, Florida's scoring 44 games. So uh, give me give me the Gators. TJ, you, you're going to defend your boy here or are you going to go with the Gators? No, I like UF to cover this. I mean, I want to pick Texas A&M. But UF hasn't covered the spread. They, they covered the spread in the first game, but it, it could have easily not, right? Like Lane yeah. – could have kicked a field goal to cover the spread, or if they just score on that last touchdown, they cover it. So, I mean, kind of like backdoor-ish covered it first game and then kind of backdoor cost them, like lost the spread against South Carolina. But I think it's just not enough points. You know, if I like UF to win by like three to seven, you know, there, there's a great chance they cover the spread. I, I think that Texas A&M has a better chance than either of those other two teams to beat Florida. I think they're both – they're better than both of those teams. Um, you know, they, they ran into a machine last week against Alabama – uh, but Kellen Mond will make more mistakes in this game than Kyle Trask does, and so Florida Florida wins. You know, I, I probably going away. Yeah, I think you know that Alabama game. Uh, the public's 
got a skewed uh, vision of A&M. I do think they're better than what they showed last week, but it, it was unfortunate. But I think Jimbo's going to be ready. I, I think it'll be close. I'm thinking Florida by like 10 to 14. I'm not thinking blowout, but I do think I'll, it'll be a lot of fun to watch that game. Um, and I don't think the game's ever – I don't think the game's ever in question, right? Like, you know, I think that maybe Florida gets up 10 and then AM answers back and they kind of go back and forth from there. But like, they, I don't think it ever, I don't think in the fourth quarter we're like wondering who's going to win, you know, unfortunately, because yeah. I'm Team Jimbo for this weekend. I'm going to dress my kids up in AM stuff. <laughs> so this next game was a man, I had the most, I struggled the most to pick this one because I think the line is set really well. Um, Tennessee 14th overall, they're getting 13 and a half at Georgia. Uh, that Georgia defense, man, that front seven, it looks like an NFL front seven. It's so good. Um, I like them to cover. I don't feel great about it, but I think they maybe score late. So maybe it's, you know, something like 17 to 24 and then they, they score a late touchdown to make it 31 to 17. So I'm going to go with Georgia here. How about you, Chris? I'm a little upset right now, Richie, because I'm, I'm I'm on board with you. This was the hardest game to pick. Um, I think the line said really well. I like Georgia a lot, but coming off of a big win last week, you know, coming back to coming back to Athens, um, you know, they could let off. I wanted to have some differentiation between you because we're on the same <laughs> picks here, but I'm I'm gonna stick with Georgia because that's what I picked. So. All right. Ball game, but man, I'm going Tennessee to cover the spread, man. Pruitt gonna do his thing. They got some monsters there on the front line. They're building a good, great culture over there. I like them to cover and make it more competitive than people think. You think they got a chance, Freddie, to win outright? Oh, no, but they'll, they'll make it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I like Georgia here. Um, I think that Tennessee is up and coming, but I don't know that I like Tennessee. I hate to do the transitive thing, but I don't know that I like Tennessee more than I like um, – Auburn and they just dismantled Auburn. Uh, that defense is too good. I, I just don't see Tennessee scoring much, and, and I think Georgia wins pretty easily. So yeah, I like the dogs. All right, the next one we've seen this before. We've seen this story, right? Freddie played in this story. A top ten Miami team that is undefeated goes to the best team in the country. Their fans think they have a chance. The spread says they don't. Clemson's favored by fourteen and a half. Give me the Tigers. I'm not a big Dabo fan. Miami, they get exposed this weekend. Am I right, Freddie, or am I wrong? They lose, but I don't think they lose by 14. Um, mm. I, think they oh. I think it's a little closer than people think. I'm going to get Miami with this one. All right, all right. What about you, TJ? Yeah, I'm not picking Miami here. Uh, I'll take Clemson just based on principle. Uh, I can see the scenario where Miami's offense keeps it close, but, I mean, I, I you know, their, their, their offense has looked good against – you know, the worst defense in the ACC and then Louisville's defense too, which is really bad. So, um, you know, Clemson's defense is another animal. Um, so, yeah, give me give me Clemson to cover here. Again, like you said, last time they were, they were number seven uh, and faced the best team in the country was actually in 2016 when um, – I'm sorry, 2017 when they um, – Played Clemson, Clemson in the Charlotte. championship, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and they kicked a field goal down thirty-eight um, on fourth down. So, and then obviously before that, they lost forty-one to fourteen. So, a lot of hype around Miami. I think they're good this year, but I think they get blown out this weekend. So, go Clemson, Chris. Yeah, I'm with everybody else here, man. Clemson's legit, and uh, their front seven is going to put a lot of pressure on Miami. And uh, 
I think the quarterback's going to fold. So I'll take uh, I'll take Clemson even with 14 and a half. All right. This one, I'm interested to see where everyone falls because, man, uh, our game, Florida State-Notre Dame, right? It feels like 1993 again, the game of the century. Not really. No, that's okay. <laughs> um, we're getting 21 and a half. That line has dropped a bit some, but we're using the CBS pick'em. So the, at the line at the time, I think I picked these games on Tuesday. Um, man, I think Vegas is spot on with this number. I was back and forth all week on which way to go. I I think Florida State covers just barely, and I'll get into that more towards the end of the show when we do our predictions. Raj, where are you at? Yeah, um, you know, Richie, we we talked we texted a lot about this one this week. I think this one is uh, crappier than your last trip to Chicago, and I know we talked about that a little bit recently too. But uh, you know, you can't give me enough points right now. I'm sorry. I, I love my Knowles, and and uh, you know, I, I, I'm gonna ride with them until I die. But uh, 21 and a half is not enough. I think we get rolled. I'm, I'm sorry. I think, I think you're still scarred from that 20 uh, 2018 trip, man. We, so we, me, me, Rachin, and two other buddies went to the game. One of our buddies slipped on black ice the day before, damn near tore his ACL, came to the game on crutches. So Roch and him were stuck in the wheelchair row, which means nobody around you. And the wind was just cutting them. We're all just chugging hot chocolates in the stands, and we left at halftime. So, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm a little more optimistic this time than you are, so we'll see. I was stuffing hand warmers in every, like, where I could fit one, man. It was cold. <laughs> all right, Freddie. Yeah, I'm the um, same way. I agree with you, Richie. I think we barely cover. You see these games when they get a little ugly in the beginning, and at the end, teams kind of pull these games close. So I think we pull it a little closer at the end and barely cover. Um, sorry, I, got, I don't know how to get out of this, but anyway, yeah, I uh, I don't like us to cover. Uh, I think we see better effort. We'll talk about it later, kind of in prediction time. But yeah, I like Notre Dame to cover here. All right, so that's that's this week. So we have, we have seven. So hopefully it'll be a little more, um, you know, uh, we have some more variance this week because we had several people that got four to five last week. So adding those two extra games, hopefully, you know, we, we have one clear winner. And we don't have to go to a tiebreaker this week. I'm hoping so, Chris. Uh, shout out your Twitter or shout something out besides the heat because that's just a laugher. But shout something out before we kick you out of here. Uh, I'm going to shout out the Rays tonight to clinch and go on to the A. Let's go. Let's go, Rays, all day. Uh, appreciate y'all having me on and uh, keep doing your thing. Uh, you, you're doing big things. Love, uh, you know, hearing Travis Rudolph last, uh, whatever, a couple days ago and, and Devin the other day. It was great. So y'all just keep doing your thing. Thanks, man. I appreciate the support. We appreciate you coming on. Appreciate you. Oh man, I don't want to kick this guy out of here. Oh, they're very good. He left. Um, all right. So, man, I love the pick segment. I feel like I'm really on college game day. Um, yeah, right. I don't really think anybody cares about what my picks are, but it's fun to like pretend like people are listening to. I mean, they are, but it's fun to pretend like people actually care about what our picks are. Um, oh, we forgot. Let's let's do it real quick. Um, we forgot to get it with Chris, but that's okay. We talked about doing the Bucks as our, our tiebreaker this week instead of the points, at least for the three of us. So we'll still go by CBS, whatever they say. But the Bucks are last I checked, they it's were not really a, it's not really a tiebreaker though, because ours count for the season, like our picks. So like just yeah, add this true. as another one. Just add this as the right. one. So yeah, it's Thursday night. You know, we got Tom Brady the GOAT going into Chicago with no receivers. But that's what he's done his entire career, right? Outside of Randy Moss, you know, he just takes whoever he can get and he Puts the ball on them. That's that's all he does. They're favored by four. Um, 
man, I, I'm a little tempted to take Chicago on the four because I did bet this game, but I bought the point and a half, so I got the Bucks at two and a half. Um, but just to stay consistent, I'll I'll say it. I'll take the four points because I like a push at worst here. I, th- I think Tampa Bay wins something like, you know, 31 to 21, 31, 24, somewhere in that range. But, you know, I'm excited to see it. Um, you know, Trubisky's not playing it. So we'll see if Foles is a real deal or not. What about you, TJ? Um, Brady has had better targets than just Randy Moss with um, mm-hmm. Gronk and Hernandez and Welker and other guys that, I mean, they won't put Aaron in the Hall of Fame. He's got now. Scotty Miller right. now. So the new, the new uh, right. Edelman, the new, Welker. the new Edelman, Welker, Renfro, typical like five-five white guy. Um, so Brady's had good weapons. Now there's yeah. been several years that he hasn't, but made it sound like he's throwing it like me and you. But um, which I guess sometimes I, I, he does. I, I could go catch some balls and Brady. <laughs> I was gonna say, <laughs> can we get on a red eye? We should have been on a red eye last night in Chicago. Um, yeah, I think the Bucks cover here. I'd be pretty surprised. We talked about this a little bit before the show started, but the Bucks' strength is is offense, um, and you know the Bucks are going to score twenty eight points a game this year, right? And they did last year too, right? Like they're they're the problem really wasn't offense there either. It was turnovers and, and the defense yeah. was bad. So if the defense can just step up a little bit, or if 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 Brady can keep from throwing a pick six like he's thrown four in the last six games, um, if one of those doesn't happen. Um, yeah, the Bucks win easily. You know, turnovers or defense being terrible can can kind of alter that. But I think the Bucks win by like ten or fourteen. Freddie, yeah. you, you got some free money from your bookie because you you you've had a rough. Yeah, weeks, I, like, huh? I like the Bucks tonight. I think the defense steps up on um, big tonight and give Chicago some problems. So I think they win by uh, I say 10, 10 to seventeen. How much of that uh that free credit that your bookie gave you gonna you gonna lay down tonight? I don't, I don't know because you know Saturday is a big day too, so I can't. Yeah. I can't leave, leave some for that. Yeah. So we have coming up in a few minutes, actually about fifteen minutes. Um, Tim O'Malley coming on the show covers Notre Dame. Um, super excited to get him on. Um, before we do, we can kind of talk about our thoughts. I mean, what are your what are your thoughts around the game this weekend? Uh, Richie, Freddie, I'll go, of course. But what are your thoughts around the game? If you guys are watching, um, do you have any questions on the games? Coach Omar, I see your question on Norvell being the answer. That's probably more of a Sunday question. And, and I think our answer, short answer to that is, is probably just yes. Um, but uh, let's talk a little more Notre Dame, a little more this weekend, what you want to see. If you, if you guys have questions about the game or anything this weekend, We'll certainly answer them while we're on here. Appreciate you guys hanging out. If you can retweet, share, like, promote this in any way, tag a friend. We appreciate you hanging out as well. Um, And then this will drop tomorrow morning, like always, on iTunes and Spotify, all those places. If you can rate, review, uh, five stars only, please, there. That that would certainly be a help. Um, So go check all that out. Patreon.com, Double Fries Pod, last commercial. But other than that, what do you guys think before uh, we get Tim on here to talk? Good, Freddie. I'm just – I'm not sure which team we're going to see on Saturday. I know we got a lot of issues. We still got to cover up on our defense. And then offensively, we still have some things we'll overcome. But I want to see that team that started all slow against Jacksonville State or that team that even though they have a lot of issues, they were motivated in that second half. Like which team are we going to see? Are we going to see a motivated Florida State that shows effort the entire game, plays, to the gold standard, or are we going to see that team that gets hit in the mouth and just lays down because they're playing Notre Dame? That's what I want to see. 
so this is it's weird like we knew coming into the season there was potential for it to be a weird year with covid and all of that and we have it right now with an opponent we saw it with mike norvell missing the miami game well notre dame when saturday rolls around they'll have gone 21 days without playing a game because of you know covid precautions so they had 39 players either test positive or end up in isolation so I, we don't know, and hopefully with our guests coming on, we'll get some answers, but we don't know how much they've really had to practice. We got an idea today of some guys they may be missing, but will there be more guys out? Are they going to be rusty? Again, they haven't played in three weeks. Week one, they, they struggled against Duke really bad, and then they just blew USF, USF out of the water in week two. 21 days later, I don't know what to expect, man. It, it's going to be tricky. Um, I still don't trust our defense. I, I thought they – you know looked very poor against Jacksonville State in the first half last week. They improved greatly, and I think it was a combination of having some faith in Jordan Travis and the offense to actually move the ball, but also it was Jacksonville State's first game. I think they were gassed. They they didn't have the depth to match us. They were just outmanned, and, and they couldn't do anything. So I, I really don't know what to think. Jordan Travis, you know what? I do feel fairly confident that they will not – Notre Dame won't come out on Florida State's first offensive play with just five men in the box like they did in 2018. That was one of the most embarrassing things I've ever seen. And then we run the ball in for like a no gain or a one-yard gain. Um, so my prediction, we'll get to it. It's more predicated on – I don't know what to think about Notre Dame because they haven't played so long. They, they've had a lot of players missing work, missing practice, missing workouts, being isolated and quarantined. It's one of those years. It's going to be crazy, and there will probably be more games like this down the line. So I, I just think Florida State is catching Notre Dame at the perfect time. I'm not going to pick us to win the game, but I do think if you're going to play Notre Dame this year, this is the perfect time to do it. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, the setup couldn't be better. Um, you're playing Notre Dame. Are they letting any fans in up there? I feel like they're probably I think, I think, Yeah, Devin Travis is going. Okay, well, but some places are only doing, like, family and yeah, stuff. I think it's family and season ticket holders. I think there's no students at Notre Dame all year. Okay, that makes sense. So you're going to get a reduced crowd. Um, weather's good. Right. So there are a lot of things that set up really well. You're not playing in that super cold weather that Richie talked about, um, which is just another thing that, you know, a lot of our guys from down the south aren't aren't accustomed to playing. Right. Um, The fact that Notre Dame's had the layoff sets up really, really well for Florida State. Um, The fact that they have some I don't believe in momentum that necessarily carries over from game to game, but probably more confidence is probably the right word that that probably carries over from the Jacksonville State game. Um, we talked about this with Devin last night. Obviously, Notre Dame is a very different opponent than Jacksonville State. But, you know, we were still down 21-7, right? Like, we got some things going. No matter who the opponent was, uh, was um, you want to look good. You want to see improvement. And I think there was slight improvement from that Miami game. Obviously, considering the opponent, you know, you have to, you have to factor that in. But I think things set up really, really well for Florida State. What I worry about – and I want to get you guys' take on this because Freddie broke this down on his, um, you know, his extra sauce segment that is really, really cool. And um, you guys got to check out. Uh, what are your thoughts on how effective can Travis truly be against Notre Dame's athletes? And so my question there is, I don't know that our offensive line is going to get the push in the run game that they got against Jacksonville State. I don't know that our wide receivers are going to get the separation that they got against the athletes of Jacksonville State. Um, we're not going to be able to just 
outrun Notre Dame's athletes. And so I'm not trying to be the, the super big pessimist that's just like, oh, everything that worked against Jacksonville State is not going to work this weekend. But, I mean, it is a real concern, you know. Um, so what are your thoughts around that? Like how effective can the option and, and those things be this weekend against a much, much better team? I think when you got a guy like Travis, it always is. Um, no matter how good the defense is, it gives us trouble. Um, especially when you're talking about the pass game. Now you have to take somebody out of their pass coach responsibilities to spot this guy. Um, and just looking at Jordan Travis going back to the Miami game, he's kind of like a guy you really can use similar to how New Orleans uses Taysom Hill. They had him lined up in the slot. Like There's a lot of different things you can do with Jordan Travis, um, bringing guys in to run the Wildcat and having him out at slot receiver. Like, we, they're going to move him all over the field. He's an athlete. He's a football player. So um, it'll be cool to see how they implement him to this offense and start featuring him. And I think as he continues to grow and as this offense continues to get, get a rhythm, it'll it'll give teams problems. And as offensive line, just if they can stay healthy, that's the biggest thing. We got, we've been having issues with guys staying on the field. And that messes up the rhythm. If they can stay healthy, I think Jordan Travis, he's going to give defenses a problem. It's hard to defend with a, guy, a running quarterback like that, man. With our athletes, it takes the offense to a whole different level. I'm not saying we're going to completely dominate every team we play, but it gives us a chance to be involved in games. Just look at Auburn. They have average quarterbacks at best every year, but you see what that dual threat can do for offense like this when there's no huddling and it has – elite athletes, it just gives us a chance to be a dominant offense really when we start clicking on all symptoms. So I, I put myself through the torture today when I got home from work of rewatching that 2018 game with uh, at Notre Dame. You are crazy. And Florida State, Florida State scored two touchdowns in that game. One was Cam Akers' wildcat read option. The other one was DeAndre Francois actually ran a read option to Cam Akers. Um, we're going to see a lot of that this weekend. And uh, Florida State's 2018 offensive line was light years worse than what we have this year. I know people still want to complain. Listen, the offensive line this year, that's the least of our problems. They've, they've outplayed our defensive line, which I've said, if I had said that before this season, you would have called me crazy. Um, and you would have been right. But so far, what we've seen through three games, Florida State's offensive line has performed better than the defensive line. And I think a large part of that, especially this last game, Freddie talked about it. Now you have to account for the threat of the quarterback running. We knew in 2018, Francois wasn't the same Francois from 2016. He wasn't going to run the ball effectively. We know James Blackman wasn't going to run the ball. We know Alex Hornibrook, Tate Roadmaker, any, any of these other quarterbacks that have taken snaps in recent years, they were not a threat with their legs. Jordan Travis is, so he can cause that. And Freddie, you... You came into Florida State as a as a linebacker, I think you said. You know, so you've been on that side of the ball. That threat of the run, you hesitate that half second. Sometimes that's all you need. So I do think Florida State will have – they're not going to see a bunch of third and longs, right, unless it's just a bunch of holding calls. So they're not going to be, uh, you know, second and 14, you know, third and 18, whatever. I think they're going to manage it okay enough to at least have a chance and limit Notre Dame's possessions – which is why I think Notre Dame's probably not going to score as many points as some people think. I, I think Florida State's going to get enough first downs and keep the field possession battle somewhat even. So even if they don't march down and score touchdowns, they're not punting from their own 15. They're punting from their own 40. And that makes a world of difference. And, and I think, you know, that that's what Florida State has to hope for. And Jordan Travis, you know, he adds another dynamic to this team. And 
I'm interested to see how Notre Dame attacks it because it, it, Jordan Travis needs to prove he can throw precision routes, right? He threw a couple of balls that were completed against Jacksonville State that potentially could got picked off uh, against Notre Dame. If he cleans that up a little bit and he keeps running the ball, I mean, I'm not, again, I'm not calling for an upset, but I do think that he could make it very interesting. Yeah, I think um, the offense caters um, perfectly with his skill set. Um, just kind of that dink and dunk game down the field, and then there's no huddle tempo. It, it fits perfectly with Jordan Travis's skill set, and if we can get a rhythm going, that'll be tough to defend all game. Even though they're a more talented team than we are, they have a better roster from top to bottom than we have. I just think that's tough to defend. And as he continues to get a rhythm and the guys continue to get in the rhythm with him and start to get a feel for what he's trying to do and what they expect from him, it'll only get better and become tougher to defend. Yeah, and I, I was watching a little bit of Notre Dame's first two games, and two things stood out to me. Very early on, um, I think it was against Duke, They get, Notre Dame gave up like a 50-yard completion. That is a touchdown if that's a Florida State receiver. He just couldn't finish the play. And against USF, they gave up like a 42-yard uh, rush, again, where they got the stop and uh, got no points out of it. But again, if that's a Toa Philly or, or LaDamian Webb, that's six points. So I think Florida State's going to have a chance early, just have to capitalize on it and get in the end zone. Because if you hit a big play and then they just shut you down and you get, I don't trust our field goal kicker right now, that potentially no points from a big play, you get down early, things could get ugly. But Notre Dame, they've shown early on in the first two games that they give up big plays, and they haven't played in three weeks. So that's that's a big deal to me. So I do think there's a chance to get an early shot. Why not go up 7-0 and see what happens? You know, that no one says Notre Dame has to score first. Go out, make some plays, and score first, and put some pressure on Notre Dame that they haven't really faced. Yeah, like you guys have talked about, it's kind of been crazy that uh... – you know, and really just the one game, really, like just Jacksonville State, but the offense has has outperformed the defense, right, this year. Um, Florida State has been pretty good to start games, right? We took a 7-0 lead on on the offensive side, right, the scripted side of the ball. Uh, took a lead on, on Georgia Tech, drove right down the field uh, to do that. Drove down the field on Miami, right, had to settle for a field goal, but looked pretty good doing that and, and getting down the field. Um you know, which was probably not expected. And so, and and then, you know, last week didn't start the game, right, with um, the pick six, but also you've got a new quarterback, true freshman. So, yeah, I think if Florida State can, you know, their first two drives can be scripted and scripted well, and, and we can score, you know, seven to ten on those first two drives, it just, you won't see the team quit. What I worry about, and, and I hope that we don't see this, is – Man, I don't want to see the team quit because the defense gets scored on three straight times and it's 17 to nothing, right? And then the offense has to throw every single down, and that's not our strength. And man, that that is certainly worrisome. So yeah, I mean, I think what Reggie said, the beginning of the game is really important. Um, I mean, like most years, I we've got a comment in here. They they've beaten Duke and USF, right? Like they're 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 pretty overhyped. Um but they're also a lot better than we are just straight up. Like that's not, you know, that has nothing to do with, you know, them being overhyped or not, right? Like that Miami is overhyped and, and they still beat the heck out of us. Right. I think Notre Dame is better than Miami. 
You know, I think if you put those two on a neutral field right now, I mean, which I guess all fields are neutral at this point in 2020, but uh, you put Miami and Notre Dame on a neutral field, I, I mean, Notre Dame's a seven-point favorite, right? At least four, four and a half, five. So, you know, I, I think Notre Dame is incredibly overrated, but also better than us, right? And so what uh, – you guys both like us to barely cover. How do you kind of see that going down? Do you think that we – just kind of keep it close and they score late to cover. Like, do they just kind of keep a comfortable lead all game, but we don't quit? That's kind of what I worry about. Like, if we go down 14, 17, 21, I worry about it snowballing like the Miami game did. So my my thoughts are I think Mike Norvell tries to shorten this game. I think we run a lot more than we throw the ball, and we'll get into that with our over-unders a little later. Um, and I, and I – I'm banking on Notre Dame. They haven't played in three weeks. Like I said, I, I think they come out a little rusty. We don't know how much they've been able to practice. And when they have practice, we don't know. Who, can you run a practice with 39 players in isolation? I mean, that, that's got to be tricky. So you're going to walk-ons to try and, uh, you know, get reps with starters at that point just to try and get a look. A lot of it banks on that. And Ian Book, he, he's not been a great passer this year, right? And, you know, I, I think that he was extremely disappointing against Duke and, uh, Notre Dame's receivers, I forget his name. They get they get one of them back that's supposed to be really healthy now this uh, this week. But Notre Dame, I think of their nine law nine biggest gains from scrimmage this year have all been without a receiver in that play. So it's all been a, either a run or a pass to a tight end or running back. So I, I think you know Asante Samuel. I mean, look at the numbers. That guy he's locking down half the field at this point. So in the past game, I. At the same time, if we come out first and 10 for Notre Dame and I see our defensive backs playing 10 yards off the receivers, I I don't know what to say at that point. Because that, clearly that doesn't work. You need to trust them and you need to bring pressure from somewhere. And if the defensive line can play even somewhat like the defensive line we thought we were going to have coming into the season, then we can keep it close. So I, I think it's a, a lot of rust with Notre Dame. And then I do think they're going to limit their reps because these guys haven't had game reps. They haven't really had practice reps. So if you know, Brian Kelly gets a 14 point lead. He probably thinks, you know, I trust my defense. They're really good. Let's slow it down as well. And he, I don't think he's going to try and make a statement. I think he just wants to get a win and move on. What about you, Freddie? Yeah, I'm, all, I'm with you. Um, I think Notre Dame is, and don't get me wrong, I think they're a better team than us. Like TJ said, I think they're overhyped. Um, they, they looked Rusty in the first week against Duke, Duke was exposing them a bit. And then the second week, they played USF. I mean, we've seen in these last few games that USF is horrible. And over the past few weeks, we've seen that Duke is horrible. Um, don't get me wrong, Notre Dame's a, a good team, but people are talking about them like they're Alabama, like they're being coached by Nick Saban. Um, they have a lot of holes they're ironing out too, and they haven't played for the last three weeks. So, there will be areas that we can attack them, and if we shorten this game like Richie was talking about, then, then we got an opportunity to keep this game a little bit closer than people think. But I just believe they're a more talented team than us, and they'll pull away a little bit. Yeah, so wouldn't wouldn't shock me at all if, if that's kind of how it went down. Um, I kind of see – Man, I don't know. I don't want to get into score predictions yet. Actually, we—I mean, we can. I don't yeah, think it matters. Actually, you know what? Now that we right before that, we can get into it in the end with Tim. Um, Tim O'Malley from Irish Illustrated hopping on with us. Thank you so much, Tim, for taking some time. I know you've had a busy night. 
um, and a lot going on. Uh, but thanks for hanging out tonight. I mean, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me on, guys. Absolutely. Uh, anybody that has to put up and work with Tom Loy um, just deserves all of the credit in the world. And we just could not commend you more for. Yeah, thank you very much. You know, for a lot of heart. Kind thoughts. Uh, the servant's heart that you have. Uh, I like Tom a lot, but I give him a hard time. Like he, te- you know, I, he was on a show one time and he was asking for like a shirt or something. And I was like, all right, I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. And then he's like bugging me. He's like, where's my shirt, man. And so like, I like to give him a hard time for, for everything, but he's a good guy. Uh, somebody said <laughs> O'Malley's a great pub name. So very good. Uh, it's a great name to cover the Irish. So anyway, we have been talking about this game. Um, what, uh, the biggest question I have for you is starting out. What are your thoughts around the the layoff or like the the very strange circumstances that Notre Dame has had over the last few weeks? Um, you know, nobody on this podcast or even, you know, us diehard Seminoles or Freddie who won a championship with FSU, nobody doubts that Notre Dame is the better team in this matchup. But what are, you, what are your thoughts around that? What is the vibe from the team? What's the vibe from the fan base? What's What are your thoughts around it? Like kind of take us in depth on like the layoff and the, how COVID's affected things and how it'll kind of play out on Saturday. Yeah, I'm interested to find out because, I mean, a fair amount of what, you know, we they don't announce the players' names, but we, we kind of figure some of it out. And a fair amount of really good players, I think, are uh, coming back from isolation and quarantine. And, and there's a big difference coming back from isolation. They weren't working out. Um, coming back from quarantine, they were. So isolation, you know, some of the guys maybe came back for Sunday's scrimmage. Uh, we, we did hear the scrimmage was not very uh, sharp for the offense, the quarterbacks. Um you could see a slow start, I think, from the Irish offense. Uh, I, I know that the uh, the shutdown really affected the, the offensive backfield. Uh, we think the defensive line, the linebackers and secondary were prior to that. Um, but So I wouldn't be surprised if there's a bit of a slow start for Ian Book and uh, a receiving core that really hasn't clicked yet. Uh, he is getting his best player. Kevin Austin will make his debut this season. He actually hasn't played in a meaningful snap since the last Florida State game, since he was uh, suspended last season. And Brayden Lindsay is their, uh, their fastest player and a guy people kind of thought would be an X factor, but he's been slowed as well. So I'm curious to see how the offense does uh, with this time off. I think the defense will probably, even with guys, is deep enough where they will they wouldn't show too many ill effects. Um, with talking about the defense, right? So Florida State announced Jordan Travis to start um, this weekend, moving on from James Blackman. And then they kind of tried out Tate Rotomaker that, that didn't work out too well to start that Jacksonville state game. Um, you know, Travis had some success, right. Against a, a much different opponent than Notre Dame, but had some success against the Jacksonville state team. Florida state's offense looked like it had a pulse again, yeah. an FCS program, not, you know, a top five team in the country. Um, Thoughts around Notre Dame defending, uh, you know, pretty mobile quarterback, maybe not the best arm, um, you know, but an offense that hasn't looked good this year, but finally showed a little bit of a pulse, uh, you know, last weekend. Yeah, generally, Clark Lee, the defensive coordinator's third year, he's he hasn't had many bad days. He does pretty well, especially against uh, mobile quarterbacks that, that aren't necessarily dual threats. But I, I agree with you that there's just an automatic spark now that exists. There's big plays can be made. We were saying on our podcast, Irish Illustrated Insider today, like Duke had a play that went for 55 yards that Notre Dame ran down. Well, if that's a Florida State athlete in the secondary, he's scoring a touchdown. There was a 43-yard bust against South Florida that Notre Dame runs down. That's probably a touchdown if, if it's a Florida State running back. So it's those type of things where, you know, if, if you have a bust, you got to be able – Notre Dame has played offenses that just couldn't 
beat them with with personnel. I think Florida State has some personnel, and I don't know if Tamari and Terry is fully healthy, but they have some personnel that can make those plays. The the tough thing is Clark Lee is really good at adjusting. Um, rarely does the second, third quarter go to the opponent. Notre Dame usually uh, lays the hammer down after one touchdown is scored. So I think it would be Florida State making plays in space with, you know, athletes and future pros that aren't there yet making athletic plays is, is their best bet because Lee is a – He's an underrated defensive coordinator. He usually shuts things down as the game goes on. Yeah, man. Richie. So what? Uh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, man. So so like you said, it you know it's it's tricky because Notre Dame. It seems like early in games they're, they're giving up some things, but Duke and USF didn't capitalize. But Florida State, you know, if, if Tamar and Terry, like you said, or, or yeah. Keishan Helton or someone, if they get behind the secondary, that that's going to be six. Is that Florida State's best chance that they obviously, you know, when you're a 20 and a half point dog, it, you need a lot of things to go right. But a, a fast start is going to be key. And uh, how do you think Notre Dame would respond if Florida State actually did what you would hope they can do and, and they actually take advantage of that play and go up 7 0? Because that changes the game a little bit. It does. And I, I think, uh, especially if they come out and stop Notre Dame and go up 7 0, you know, it, it's one of those things where it also gives confidence to players that need confidence, I think. And I think what. Once you have that many good players on a team that you know have ta- have ta- get confidence, they're going to play better the rest of the way. I thought that last time they played in 2018, and Notre Dame was better in 2018, I think, than they are now overall, especially defensively. That game was over when Notre Dame intercepted the second pass and brought it back to the one-yard line. What, yeah. what Florida State needed in that game was to go down and score, and it went the exact opposite. So even though Florida State played them pretty well in the second half, actually, it was just the haymakers that hit in the first half really did them in. Um, I do think Florida State needs to take advantage. You know, we don't always say score first, but if you're if you score second and third, that that's the same thing. Getting into this to get yeah. into this uh, second quarter. I, I think if Notre Dame gets a lead and plays from that strength, then then it would be difficult for Florida State, just where the where the program is now compared to where it usually is. Um, but I mean there's there's talent out there and I, I think it does come down to talented guys making plays. I don't want to say Tamori and Terry has to have the best game of his life, but you want to have to look out there and say, hey, that's the best player out in the field right now in a couple situations. And, and they have the capability of doing that. So I was at that 2018 game. It was cold. It was miserable. Yeah. I knew what I was walking into, but I had bought my flight and ticket months in advance, well before we knew what we were getting into. Um but I don't know if you remember, on, on Florida State's first play from scrimmage, we're a minute and 22 seconds into the game. Do you remember, it was the most disrespectful thing I've ever seen a football team do to another team. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. I don't remember what happened. Notre Dame came out with five men in the box. Oh, yeah. Said, <laughs> just said, run the ball. Like, please run the ball. And sure enough, with their five in the box, and, and we had, what, six blockers, if you got the linemen and a running back, and it it, it did nothing. And, and that sitting in the stands watching that man, it was just so deflating. I'm like, man, why am I here in 24 degree weather watching this? Um, but I do think with Jordan Travis, you cannot put just five in the box. Is that a fair statement? Yes. And I, I think that that's, that's another playmaker that can, that can turn third and seven into Notre Dame has everything covered, but he spins out of the sack and he runs for 11 mm-hmm. yards. And that, that can be frustrating. Um, Good news for you. All those defensive linemen that did that are in the NFL now. They're not. They're not still in South Bend. So they all, they all got drafted. They're all playing. That might have been why that works so well. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's as you said. It's 
it's a puncher's chance you're looking at here. It's a, it's a, yeah. it's a, but the punchers come from those athletes. Um, and defensively, I mean, you know, we even talked about on our on our podcast today. It's let's let's say Ian Book was in quarantine and he comes out and throws a pick six to Asante Samuel Jr. It's that makes it a different game. But I, I do think the big the big plays chunk plays definitely have to favor Florida State in this one. Yeah. So so I'm just again we're Florida State fans. I'm looking for a glimmer of hope. So I put myself through the torture of rewatching that 2018 game today when I got home from work. You know, the, I love they have the condensed games. Now you can watch yeah. it all in 30 minutes. Um, so Florida State scored two touchdowns. After one, of course, they blocked the PAT and bring it back for two. But on both plays, the first one, it was Cam Akers, Wildcat, read option. Mm-hmm. And then the second touchdown, it was the exact same play, only DeAndre Francois took the snap. So I guess I'm trying to convince myself that's what our offense is going to look like this week with Jordan Travis. Cause that's what he does. That's his specialty. So how does Notre Dame, does Duke or USF is terrible. They might yeah, be worse yeah. than Florida state, but I mean, uh, how do you, how confident are you in that team? Uh, just uh, stopping that read option. And, and do you see Florida state maybe, you know, in 2018, we're in second and 14, third and 15 all game long. Can this team get to, you know, third and five, you know, second and seven, like at least keep Notre Dame off the field. Cause that's how I think we have to, if we're going to pull this upset, we got to keep Notre Dame off the field. We have to win the turnover battle, but it's going to be Mike Norville shortening the game and just using Jordan Travis. Hopefully he doesn't get hurt because if he goes out, we're dead in the water. Yeah, well, it would be a blow, too, now that he has replaced the other two quarterbacks, I think, if yeah. he goes out oh, yeah. just mentally. You know what? What I really think it comes down to is, is does Florida State's mm-hmm. offensive line, when you get to third and four, third and five, is it protecting him? Is it is it holding Notre Dame off? Um, that is a that's a place where Notre Dame and Clark Lee, with some depth on the defensive line, I think they do have an advantage over Florida State's offensive line. You know, you can only make plays as the quarterback and turning it into a sandlot for so long or wildcat for so long. But you're right, it's shortening the game, and then you got to convert on third down. I, it's Clark Lee has really only had two bad days at the office. One was against Clemson, which was the one of the best teams of all time. It's and, understandable. Uh, that won't be like this. But the other one was against, and I know they're, you know, Michigan was, was a good team last year, but that was a curiously bad game, a defense that did not come up with any plays. And it probably has to be a situation where Florida State's guys are making plays on those crucial third downs, but yeah. you can't leave it up to Jordan Travis the whole time. I mean, that offensive line is going to have to give him some time. And the Irish pass rush is not what it was the last two years or, I mean, so, as you mentioned, South Florida didn't have a passing offense, so we don't know what the pass rush would have been if that if that was not the third and fourth string the whole time. But it, it's not like they have those guys like Julian Aquara and Khalid Kareem where they dial it up on third down every time. So I think that's what I'm going to be watching most is how Florida State's line holds up on third and five um, in situations where you can't totally dictate to the defense, but you should be able to make some plays as well. You just talked about the um, pass rush in the first two games, and as Florida State fans, we don't really know what to expect out of Notre Dame because it's only been two games. We haven't seen yeah. them since then. Um, in those two weeks, you've seen them in action, and from what you've been hearing, like what things are kind of the Notre Dame team? What things worry you so far about this team? Because every team has their issues that they have to overcome. Yeah, well, honestly, this is you wouldn't have guessed this going into the season with a three-time, their three-year starter, two-time captain, and. 2018 team MVP, but Ian Book in the passing game has not really gotten going. Um, you didn't need it against South just Florida. Just wait. Just wait till Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't need it against South Florida. Um, they started crisp. They went down and scored, and then they, they were able to run the ball pretty easily. 
it, he started there. I mean, they had seven yards in the first quarter against Duke. If you have a repeat of that, that that's the that's the recipe for Florida State right there, right? It was 151 yards to seven against Duke. Now, I don't expect them to look like that again. That's the first first quarter of the season. Um, but Book has to be better. His receivers have not been getting a lot of separation. They've been able to make up for that because the running backs and tight ends are very talented in the passing game. I don't know how Kevin Austin um, in his first game back would do, you know, paired up against Asante Samuel Jr., who's a veteran and he's going pro soon. Um, Braden Lindsay has to be able to win some of those matchups. So I, I think if you mentioned one-dimensional, it's not that Notre Dame could be one-dimensional, but Florida State could bother Ian Book and the wide receivers, especially because they just have not established a connection yet. Now, as you said, wait till Saturday, TJ. Uh, yeah, Braden Lindsay has – you know, USC challenged Braden Lindsay and he came right up on him and they found out he's one of the fastest guys in the country. But it's not it, – it takes two, and Ian Book has not had a great start. We believe Ian Book missed practice time uh, in the last three weeks, and that that is a, a bit of a concern right there, I think, for Notre Dame fans. If if you're looking for a glimmer, I think Book has to be better. And if you put pressure on anybody – I know Florida State used to – back in the day, Florida State and pressure on third down was automatic. I haven't seen it as much, obviously, recently. But um, this would be the yeah. time for them to dial it back up. We'll take whatever glimmers you'll you'll offer us at this point. Um, I feel about the same way I did going into that 2018 game, right? Like, not, like not much better, but I mean, we'll we'll see. Hopefully, it is. Obviously more, a- I think I just knew more about Notre Dame at that point, late in the season. Like you knew Notre Dame was going to handle right at that point. Now it's they haven't played in three weeks and they played two games. It's just one of those things. Right, it's not an opener, but you really don't know it's there yet. Yeah, what uh, I mean, maybe so. This might be a, a tough question because of that, but the schedule sets up pretty nicely for Notre Dame this year. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, with the the all ACC schedule and and then obviously USF and and then you're also getting the all ACC schedule uh, without you know Virginia Tech without right. Miami. I mean, you do have Clemson, but you know, everybody takes that loss and, and yeah. moves yeah. on. And not that that's an auto loss for for Notre Dame at this point, but you know, Clemson is going to be. Yeah favored you know the schedule sets up nicely i mean next toughest game is north carolina who i think is pretty overrated uh and i think notre dame wins that game so i mean the expectations in notre dame are always super high right like the south Bend, the expectations never get low and so is the uh and i've i had a conversation with another co-host on another podcast i think that there's a really good chance that miami and notre dame both end up with one loss and yeah. both of those teams end up with one loss to miami and i really don't know who ends up going to the playoff but somebody's going to back their way into the college football playoff, right? Like, I, you know, is that, is that like real is like, what are the, the expectation for Notre Dame is to go 10 and one and then either see Clemson in the, in the championship or backdoor your way in. Right. It is. We've had to, we've had to kind of recalibrate because Ohio state is joining college football again. So that you kind of look at, there's a, there, there goes a playoff spot, but then the big 12 decided to eliminate itself in week three. So there, there's a playoff spot opening up as yeah. well. It's, I mean, not completely, yeah. but it sure seems like it. Um, yeah, the schedule opens up nicely. I agree with you on North Carolina from this aspect. They could upset Notre Dame, but North Carolina is not going to make it unscathed. So it, that's really what it comes down to. They're not gonna, they're not coming out of there with that one loss, I don't think, either. And Miami and Notre Dame caught a break by not playing each other. If, if Miami and Notre Dame also had to play each other with Clemson, that you, you could mail in the uh, one side or the number one seed for Clemson. I think Notre Dame fans, the expectation is that they will play Clemson for the ACC championship and Notre Dame fans that are sick of losing big games, believe they want to split with Clemson in some way this year would be the high end expectation. I don't know how the playoff thing shakes out with Ohio state. That's, I mean, if Ohio state doesn't go, it's because someone like Penn state beat them and then Penn state probably goes. It's, it's really strange how 
college football setup this year, but you mentioned the schedule and Notre Dame was supposed to play Wisconsin last week uh, in Wisconsin in Lambeau Field and they didn't play anybody. And uh, they were supposed to end their season at USC and instead they're going to host Syracuse in South Bend or go to Wake Forest. So those those things did get a little easier, I think. Yeah. Uh, and it's especially avoiding Miami and with Florida State not being normally Florida State. Um, what are talking about Florida State from the outsider's perspective or somebody that's kind of like a, you know, quasi ACC insider outsider. <laughs> what are your thoughts around uh, Mike Norvell, the hire, um, the trajectory of, of Florida State? It's bad right now, right? As bad as it was when Bobby took over. But what do what are your thoughts on the outlook? Well, I tell you what, I lived in Atlanta for 10 years and all of my roommates and friends went to Florida State. So I have uh, closely followed the Florida State program for a long time. Uh, that Part of it was the Wanky Championship. I moved there in 99. So I watched the uh, the high yeah. and then the slow decline and then a little bit back up. But obviously, um, I can't get over the fact I heard the stat. They're 18 and 21 in their last uh, 39 games. They were 59 and 9 before that. Mm. It just... And looking back at that game in 2014, covering that with a 23-game winning streak and two undefeated teams, it seems like eons ago. My question, and just from talking to Florida State fans, is will Mike Norvell be able to continue to recruit what Florida State has always gotten there? Uh, just he has. Is there an assistant coach on the staff from the state of Florida? I mean, Odell's there. He's yeah, there. Odell, yeah. It, it, yeah, Odell's it's, there. It's, and dude, unique there. situation. Um, yeah. It's a unique situation because you don't want to be a couple coaches removed from success. You can you can fail once. Um, it takes a while though. When if if Norvell doesn't have, if he's not the answer, you really got to hit on the next one. It feels like it's a program thing instead of just being a couple down years. I am surprised how they've looked this year because I really thought going into the season when we found out they're going to play. This would be one of those games where Florida State comes up with 10 returning starters on defense. Five of them are going pro, and no matter what, it's 24 to 16 at the end of the game because they just have so many athletes. And I certainly don't see that now after watching them play Miami and Georgia Tech, and I didn't watch a whole lot of the Jacksonville State game, but just when I saw the score update, I triple-taked and turned, turned the channel off there. I saw all the good plays, though, for Florida State. That's when I changed over to that game. And they, yeah, so they Thank have, you. Have, Thank you for that. Luck. Yeah. But I uh, – yeah, I'm, I just feel like, you know, it, you didn't have to expect too much this year, but you really want to start seeing it next year. I'm almost going to judge judge him more by the Notre Dame game on Labor Day or whatever's that, Labor Day Sunday next year. Yeah. They moved to Labor Day. That's You want to start seeing with all those athletes something coming out of it. But when you're in a program rebuild, a re, it's a reboot. I mean, it's building now almost from the ground up, which just sounds crazy considering they're in the, the playoff game in 2014, but it's almost from the ground up and you want to start seeing results. I think next year is the best time to start judging him. Yeah, for sure. It was a weird year with the pandemic and everything else going yeah, on. There's, first there's first year taking over, you know, like you can kind of say like, okay, no on-campus visits, <laughs> could meet with your team. You're taking over. I mean, no, no coach has ever taken over a program of this level under these circumstances, right? Like a top 15 yeah. program or so all time. So yeah, it's, it's, it's wild. So, um, all right, cool. We do a little we'll, – we'll get you out of here with this. We do um, a quick over-under on some things that may or may not happen uh, for the game. We, we, uh, we'll make sure to give out your Twitter handle so that people can blow you up for you know going like 2-3 and three instead of 5-0 and because oh, you're supposed to be the expert. So, That's right. Uh, Richie will run us through the over-under. You, you take it, and then we'll you know see who wins this week. All right. 
You, you get yep. nothing, but we'll see who wins. That's right. I get surprised. <laughs> surprise. Yeah. So, so real quick, I'll go through last week's results. Um, uh, we, I set it at 0.5 first drive snaps for James Blackman. Me and Freddie took the under, TJ took the over. So obviously um, uh, Tate Roadmaker started. So me and Freddie pick up the points there. I said at 13 and a half touches for Lawrence to Philly. Me and Freddie took the under TJ or took the over TJ took the under. It was 13. By the way, I did a great job at setting these That's lines. Nice they all one, came yeah. down to the 0.5. So uh, TJ got that one. I said it at one. I was just praying they would not hand them the ball there in the red zone at the end. I was like, <laughs> I, I had my cool. ESPN app looking at touches. I'm like, Oh, come on. <laughs> um, so I, I said it at 1.5 sacks for defensive linemen. We all took the over and hit it because we actually got two sacks from defense alignment. Um, I said 2.53 and outs for Florida State's defense. We all took the under. It came out at two. And then 35 and a half points for Florida State's offense. Uh, Freddie's the only one who took the under there. So on the season, TJ's got a 15 points. Freddie's got 12. I have 13. So let's get into this week and uh, see if I can catch TJ. And, and Freddie, uh, he's right on my heels as well. Uh, and we'll have uh, Mr. O'Malley here as well. So Jordan Travis, first one, 21 and a half passing attempts for the game. I think I'm taking the under here. What about you, Freddie? Yeah, I'm going to roll with the under on that one. EJ? I think I like the over because I think we're going to have to throw the ball um, when, when we go down. So I'll, I'll take the over. All right. Tim, 21 uh, and a half passing I agree. Points. I agree it creeps over because I have to throw the ball. All right. I uh, next one I have, and, and we'll go in reverse. We'll start with Tim this time. Florida State rushing yards. I have it at uh, 150.5. Can Florida State get there? Tim? Yes. I think there's uh, Notre Dame's starting defensive tackle is out. The position was hit. Starting linebacker is out. And the position was hit in the previous week and a half. Or I shouldn't say that. In the previous three weeks, they will go over rushing. And I think Travis has a. Uh, has a hand in that, obviously. All right. How about you, Freddie? Yeah, well, um, Jordan Travis back there plays a big role in that, and I think we get a few splash plays that kind of helps us. EJ? Um, my gut on this kind of falls in line with how I picked the last one with the passing attempts. I think we get down, and so there, there's a chance we don't. Um, but – like one splash play gets you there, right? Like one right. 40 or 50 yard run where like, like Tim said, he spins out of a sack and, you know, goes on, like gets you there. So yeah, I like the, uh, I like the over there. Yeah. So, so my thoughts on this, if, if, a, if it were James Blackman or Tate Rodemaker, I'd take the under because uh, as we know, as silly as it is in college, you know, sacks count against passing right. and rushing right. yards instead of passing yards. I don't see Travis getting, you know, taking a 14-yard sack like those other two guys would. So I'll, I'll take the over as well. Um, next one, I have Notre Dame, two and a half fourth down conversions. I'll start it. I don't know if we're going to get in fourth down enough, so I'm going to take the under. But I do think, I think fourth and short is automatic. You go for it against this defense right now. What about you, Tim? I'm on the under, but I think it'll be two. Okay, you get about 25. You get about 25 in a year, you know. So I. Third down conversions would have intrigued me more, so I, I'm gonna I'll go with uh, I'll go with under and they get two. Right. Tim, I, I think fourth and five on Florida State's forty is an automatic go for <laughs> it. So go, huh? I'm just I'm just banking on something like that, but no, I, I'm barely on the under. TJ, I like under here. Freddie, yeah, I'm gonna take under as well. 
All right, so that's a wash. Uh, the next one I have Ian Book. You get it like four <laughs> times, and I'll hate all of you. <laughs> this this might be a bit rich, but um, for for you, Tim, it, you may not think this, but uh, we see our defensive backs playing 10, 12 yards off every play. Uh, but two seventy five and a half passing yards for Ian Book, TJ. Over. Freddie, that's a lot. That's a lot, but I. There's a lot. <laughs> Jeff Simpson's through for that. Over. over as well you know i'm gonna take the under to be the contrarian because i need to catch up on some points here tim what's your thoughts uh under all right i got the expert on my side i yeah, love we're it gonna, we're gonna run the ball well i think all right and the last one and this will lead us right into our score predictions this is the official vegas line florida state 14 and a half points scored i'm taking the under um freddie where are you at i'm taking over over tj i like over team i like it with 17 or I'd be hey, over I was 17. That is a good Vegas line. Um, yeah. With Clark Lee, we like to say every team starts with uh, 14 points and the great ones get to 18, 17 or 18, <laughs> uh, and the other ones drop down a little bit. I'm going to go under with 13. All right. So from there, I guess we, we can go straight to official score predictions. Um, I, I don't often do this. I think Vegas is spot on with the spread and the over-under. I'm taking Florida State to cover the 20 and a half, just barely. I think Notre Dame wins 34 to 14. And that's not anything to get really upset about if you're a Florida State fan, because that means you, unless it's, you know, 34 to seven and you score one with like seven seconds left in the game. But I think it's, I think we come away slightly encouraged as much as you can in a 20 point loss. So 34, 14, Notre Dame. How about you, Freddie? I'm going with 38-17, so we barely covered because of the point five. <laughs> there you go. TJ. Um, I don't think it's close at all. I think Notre Dame um, is able to kind of run it up a little bit. I, I like 48-17. Oh, man. I hope not. Tim, <laughs> tell me TJ is wrong. <laughs> no, I am in the, I did, uh, I did, in the under. Spoiler, I, I did listen to your podcast, and I heard you on the under pretty heavy. Yeah. Yeah, we're all three of us on the podcast. We're on the under. I'm on the under, and I'm in that 31-13 range um, with my other scores, 34-13. I know I have to choose for the sake of Las Vegas, so I'm going with 31-13 under and a Florida State cover. Um, okay. But I don't think it's uh, – I don't think you're going to the fourth quarter where Notre Dame has to score a touchdown to make sure they uh, pull it out or anything like that. But I'm in the 31-13 range. I think they might be a little sloppy, actually, offensively, and – I still have faith some guys on Florida State are going to the NFL and they'll show it on uh, a couple plays on Saturday. You got to think, man, this is their chance. Like, yeah. you came back, Tamari and Terry, Marvin Wilson, you came back specifically to improve your draft stock. You could have, they both could have been in a top three round pick last year. Here's your chance, man. If you can't do it this weekend, I don't have any faith of you doing it at all. So, this is your chance. 730 NBC, top five opponent. Prove it. By the way, the football gods are not smiling on Florida State fans that came to the last game because it is going to be 80 degrees tomorrow in South Bend. I know. And I know. Uh, there are no fans in the stands, really, other than students and faculty. So, yeah, beautiful day <laughs> in South Bend tomorrow. It's Friday, 80 degrees, and a beautiful weekend. Yeah. Although, I don't know if they want to see the game anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's going to feel really, really good on my couch with unlimited beer for free. So, um, Tim, thank you so much for hanging out yeah. with us. We had a great time. Can you uh, – you write for Irish Illustrated. Where can people follow you? Where can they find your work? Um, 
I mean, I guess I just said Irish Illustrated, but where can they follow you on Twitter and, and get more uh, more insight? Yeah, it's at Tim O'Malley ND on Twitter, irishillustrated.com, or of course, uh, 24 7 Sports Notre Dame site, Irish Illustrated. And uh, yeah, we, uh, we have a busy, busy weekend coming up. It's uh, the only oddity is we are alternating games, Tim Priester and I. My, uh, we, we only get one media out, one member per media outlet all season. So uh, I originally actually chose Florida State. And then he pulled about 30 years of seniority on me, and I'm doing Louisville instead of Florida State. But that's okay. I'm going to a 230 game, and he is going to a 730 game. So that's uh, so he'll be there. Okay. One last question for you, Tim. I, I know you're you're a Notre Dame guy. A lot of Notre Dame fans I know are Chicago Bears fans. Is that your team? No, I grew up a 49er fan actually. So uh, oh man, February was painful. Anytime you leave, yeah. uh, you know they used to not lose Super Bowls, and now that's what's happening. But it was more fun than watching four and twelve. So. I enjoyed the resurgence of the 49ers, but I don't think it's happened. Joe Montana made me a 49er fan. <laughs> so so I have to ask, even, even though I know you said you're a 49ers fan, we picked the Bucks uh bears game tonight on the spread. Bucks minus four. I don't know if you're a sporting man or not. I, I, am. I am. I am. Right. I picked the Bucks so, on the spread as well, although I like the under better in that one as well. So yeah. So, so I bought us down to two and a half. I feel pretty good, but right. I'm gonna I'm gonna go watch it and it, my wife's gonna go nuts because I'm keeping her up till midnight tonight, but that's okay. <laughs> Good stuff. Thanks, Tim. I appreciate you hanging out with us tonight, man. Go no, enjoy it. Thanks a lot. I'll see you guys <laughs> next Labor Day weekend, maybe. Yeah, thanks, for Tim. Sure. Appreciate Absolutely. it. Tim O'Malley of Irish Illustrated. He was awesome, man. He was really great yeah, to uh, hang cool. out with. He was, he was a lot of fun. Um, I hope people come on and they're just like so dry and boring. So he was fun to he was fun to chat with. And, <laughs> not to say any um, names, but yeah. <laughs> not to say any names, but uh, we definitely had him on the show. Um, yeah. This isn't the big thrill. We don't name names here. We're, we're yeah. in PC. <laughs> Respect um, our guest. <laughs> so, well, man, I am excited for a lot of things. Shout out to Wolfpack Nation. He's just blowing up our comment section right now. He is, man. Wolfpack Nation 2613. Awesome. Two days in a row. I, bro, I need to know your story, why the Wolfpack guy, who you are. Like, you could send me a private message or whatever on Twitter, like why you are heavily invested in this Florida State podcast. But I appreciate you for hanging out this night. Uh, Eric is probably not even watching this any longer, but she asked, do you guys get extra sauce with the double fries? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm not here to eat dry fries. I mean, like, I, I'm a sauce – okay, let's talk about this real quick, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, I'm a sauce-heavy guy, right? Like, if I get wings, I am – I like those wings wet, and I'm dipping them in blue cheese or ranch or whatever. If I get uh, – like, what do we eat tonight? Oh, we had, yeah, we had teriyaki chicken tonight, bro. I had that thing covered in sauce. Like, I'm a sauce. Like, I had sushi today. I'm a, I had sushi today. I had extra, uh, what do you call it? Uh, spicy mayo. Like, I'm a sauce dude. So, yeah, extra sauce on everything in my life. I, so, I ordered all my wings extra wet. Like, that's how, you know, like, toss in a bunch of sauce. And it, it's funny because my uh, my college girlfriend, her grandma used to always say, because I order chicken wings for everything. It's like, you know, a chicken wing is only a vehicle for flavor to your mouth. I'm like, that makes a lot of sense because it's, uh, I, my favorite sauces on wings are chicken tenders, like a Guthrie's that, man, that guts, Guthrie sauce. Oh man, I, I could probably drink that straight. It, it wouldn't be great, but it, 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 man, I probably could. Yeah, you definitely got to get that extra sauce. The worst thing to do the experience while eating a, a gut box is going for that extra dip. And you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a double dipper. The whole chicken strip is going to yeah. be full with the sauce. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> you don't see any sauce left. I got to make a trip back to Guthrie's, man. <laughs> I 
I don't know what's going on. I got, I need that sauce. Bro, I, yeah, I over, my wife gets so embarrassed. We go to like the Japanese, the hibachi, and I'm just like, dog, bring the entire vat of that yum yum Triple sauce. white sauce. Like, yeah, yum yum white oh sauce. Oh my gosh. Like, and she's like, you don't need that. But I'm like, you eat your food the way you want to eat it. Like, you don't, I don't care what you do with your food. Let me, let, but yeah, I do the same thing. I'm like, yeah, throw six Chick-fil-A sauces in there. I know I'm going to use two, but I really have more than not enough every time. Because like Freddie said, hey, there's nothing like that. I know this isn't like a Kobe, uh, you know, podcast, but when I go to the hibachi, it's double rice, no veggies, extra sauce every single time. <laughs> Bro, yeah, I, I like to get a little veggies to clean me out. So I double rice and veggies. Oh, man. Double yeah. rice, no veggies. <laughs> now, I like the, okay, so I love this podcast <laughs> so much. I like the rice and noodles, so I'm definitely double carbs. But I like the veggies too. I, they just break it up a little bit. Like they're all just covered in. Like I'm not getting any nutrition out of them. They're covered in like that straight sugar yum yum sauce. But like I, they just break it up a little more uh, consistent, a little different consistency. So Freddie, uh, real quick, and TJ too, because I'm not a big Whataburger guy. But Logan wants to know uh, spicy, yeah, spicy ketchup yeah. at Whataburger. I, oh, I um, only tried it once, but yeah, I'm, I'm not big on it. I'm not big on it either, Logan. And and my ketchup thoughts i like ketchup to be sweet like ketchup is just sugar yes. and tomatoes and so like i like i like the vibe of the sweet ketchup with the salty fry like you think about a lot of snacks and stuff they're salty and sweet right like you know whatever like <laughs> salty sweet good combination I don't my like favorite combination I, I ain't trying to cry while i'm down nah that's a horrible balance with something spicy like yeah, I don't, I don't vibe with the spicy ketchup. I don't mind throwing spicy ketchup on a burger because I don't mind like, like a little heat on my burger. Like I get jalapenos on burgers from time to time, yeah. or like a spicy mayo. But I, I'm not a, I just kind of get regular ketchup, or I just eat the fries dry, man. I don't, I'm not, <laughs> I, I don't need spicy ketchup. So <laughs> you have any more? Eating them dry, they gotta be seasoned well. <laughs> Logan said disappointed. Oh, the Bucks lose by 40. Yeah, they're greasy anyway. So you're, I mean, you're fine with them. Like, so, but I do like Whataburger. Whataburger, Richie, you say you don't go much or you didn't go much in school or what? I, I went a little bit in school, but I, there's none around me in Orlando. So I, I don't have access. I don't have access to one. So that's. Yeah. It, Logan, I'm going to Logan, I'm gonna be late on my next few articles for no game day, just because of that comment. I'm going to give you my gambling picks the day after the games are played and I'm going seven and zero. That'd be the only way you go seven and zero. So I feel like I was four one last week. That's a good one. Um, yeah. Any more food takes? We I like talking about that more than I like talking about FSU football. So, um, I, guys, the Bucks are about to kick off here. I gotta I gotta get running here soon. I mean, you're just gonna be disappointed tonight anyway. So, uh, no, I'm just kidding. I think the Bucks win to cover. All right, cool. Well, if you watch this, if you enjoyed it, please rate review on iTunes, Spotify, uh, all the different platforms. If you could give us a subscription on youtube um that would be awesome subscribe to the channel like everything on social media um double fries pod on facebook twitter and instagram uh, we appreciate you guys' support excited to hang out with you guys on saturday in the patreon uh, www.patreon.com slash double fries pod and we'll be in our discord from there you get a link to it once you sign up so you'll be all set on that we'll do an instant reaction show after that and then stay tuned for freddy's extra sauce segment Sounds like that's going to be for Patreons only. So go sign up, patreon.com slash double fries pod. If you watch this, please share it. And, uh, man, y'all enjoy the, the good sports the next couple of days, man. I think it's going to be a fun, 
fun next few days in the sports fans world. May not be the most fun for Florida State, but it's going to be fun for sports fans. So, all right, guys, y'all have a good one. Thank you all.